Welcome to Into the Well. I'm your host, Ryan Wilms. I started this show as a place to share my experiences and my journey towards living authentically and mindfully, and also to learn from those who are truly walking the path, healing themselves and inspiring others. By balancing the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual, we can learn to live in harmony with ourselves and our environment. We'll be exploring different tools and modalities used to create sustainable well-being for a fulfilling life. So thank you for joining me. Welcome back. On this episode of the podcast, I get to chat with Alex Olson, well known for his skateboarding and his brands Call Me 917 and Bianca Shandon. He's been in New York for several years now, and we connected a couple of years ago on a project that unfortunately never came to be. But it was interesting to learn more about his perspective and his journey. Since then, I've been following him on Instagram and seeing different things he's been posting, books he's been sharing. So that's what sparked my interest to to have a chat with him and see what he's been up to and some of the things that he's found along the way, kind of using some of his Instagram posts to navigate that journey. But it was pretty quick that we found some common ground from knee injuries to stomach and digestion issues and learning about what he did and some of the practices that he's used from breath work to DMT to some of the books he's read about the mind and the soul. And and it was a great chat and it was fun to hear his perspective and, and share his journey. I hope you enjoyed as well. Thanks. Thanks a lot for being here and taking the time and coming on. Um, we met a few years ago in New York, uh, working on a project that never came out. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's been cool to kind of follow along like from a distance the last few years and see you post like different types of content and books and and things that I'd be kind of digging into myself yeah. on my own journey. So I was kind of curious to know what sort of led you to start thinking about your diet and taking care of your body and and some of the original sort of alternative health approaches that you discovered. Yeah, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, obviously it started probably right when we met, when we started working on that project and, uh, or maybe curiosity. I mean, I always, my mom was kind of always strict with my diet and stuff when I was a kid, but I think, I think my grandma getting sick, it was, first of all, it was my knee. So from skating and my knee had always been bothering me and still will, if I skate on it long, like skate on it long enough it will start really aching and being really sore and i got i went to M- got an mri on it and nothing was like wrong with it i never got a second opinion but uh long story short i was just was like well how can i make like maybe i need to change my diet and right you know i i would have these stomach issues and i think really what it came down to is my my i was just probably really acidic you know what i mean Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would try to eat a salad anytime I'd go out when I was younger. I'd try to always eat a sal- side salad that became like a nickname between a friend of mine. But, uh, yeah. So long story short, I just, I'd been just trying to like figure out what would, because my stomach would just get so upset and I'd just be like lethargic and just not be able to really move. And yeah. maybe that's leaky gut. I don't know. But I remember going to the doctors and they just like put a scope down me and they didn't do anything. And they're like, oh, you had bacteria. And it didn't go away. And that's kind of like, a, that was kind of the awakening of being like, 
doctors really don't know shit, actually. They know what they've been yeah. taught, but they don't really know. You know what I mean? And we have so much trust in, in what they do. And don't get me wrong. Of course, they, they, you know, they know what they're doing, but they don't. I think we have uh, – it's misleading because we think we put so much trust in doctors, so – yeah, for sure. Like they know what they specialize in, but they're not taught like how integrated the body is and how like, uh, like trauma as a 10 year old is going to affect our stomach as a 30 year old or anything remotely close to that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just one of those things where it gets shrugged off or like, oh, that's nonsense. But it's, it, it seems like, you know, most of the sort of chronic issues, cause I've dealt with a lot of stomach stuff myself for the last five or six years that's kind of what got me into, you know, alternative methods. Right. Exactly. It's just like kind of, you know, they say you're your best teacher. And I think it's mm-hmm. just like kind of trial and error and figuring out what worked, you know, like, I don't know what I, I like recently, I, my stomach was killing me and I was just like feeling so like nauseous kind of, and I couldn't, I still kind of can't figure it out, but I think it's, we'd, we'll go surfing at like 5 AM and like, mm-hmm. I try, I'm like kind of pretty like used to like, intermittent fasting so i don't really eat but then surfing expels a lot of uh energy mm-hmm. and so i think my body would just be like so hungry and burnt that like it would just fry me but i don't know yeah well, that's another another story but uh yeah i mean just kind of just like removing and and removing certain things out of your diet to see what would work or how you feel is really like the key yeah, you really have to be like your own detective and your own doctor in that way. Yeah, kind of, yeah, plug and play, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, for sure. So, I mean, obviously you're well known for skateboarding. Um, is that something you still do a lot? Like, or are you surfing more and doing other types of activities and kind of I'll always, not doing that as much? Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, it's over 25 years of skateboarding. And then I don't yeah. And then I don't know how much professional, like maybe half of that professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, long, uh, quick answer is I'm not skating as much just because maybe lack of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's could you just do with age and just being interested in other things now. And the other is, like, yeah, just surfing. And I don't know. It's more of a challenge. I mean, skating is always going to be a challenge and no one will ever like really truly master it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I am just, I, I haven't been really inspired to be skating at the moment. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, like as, as you were like dealing with your knee issues, were brands that you were working with, like helping you find physiotherapists, was there, you know, it feels like recovery and stuff like that is so different now. Yeah, no, it was kind of the opposite, which was kind of like a letdown, to be honest. I would, I had asked them, like, yeah. hey, I'm looking for a physical trainer. Like, my knee's been sore. And you think you can uh, help, 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 like, facilitate one or just give me, a, like, a lead on and just never heard from anyone. Yeah. And then, like, seeing a, a guy, like, the way... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just they, they weren't helpful. You know what I mean? That wasn't, that wasn't accommodating... And I wasn't asking to like be compensated or anything like that. I just wanted like, I was like, I'm in New York. I know you guys know people, Mm -hmm. you know, just like lead me in the right direction. And the funny thing is, is do you know who John Joseph is? No. John Joseph is like, uh, this 
is a punk rocker from New York, hardcore scene, uh, lead singer of the Cro-Mags. Okay. Um, vegan Hare Krishna guy. And that's, that's, I watched his munchies juicing episode <laughs> and he's like thick New York accent, swears a bunch, really entertaining. And so I think I watched that. That was like the, 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 like the, like, uh, the spark basically watching that and being like, Oh, this dude's vegan. This guy's so not what the typical vegan, what I think of mm-hmm. what the image is. I'm like, I want, and then I remember he talks about like author of meat is for pussies, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get this guy's book, you know? And so I bought his book, read it. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this, see what happens to see, like, just apply myself. And it was a <clears> super <throat> simple read, super, like there's a lot of ingredient uh, recipes and stuff. And it's just kind of from that, I, I like, I somehow maybe contacted him through Instagram and I watched maybe another video where he had a personal trainer that was vegan. And I, you know, I was like, maybe I should look up this guy. And that's, his name was Aaron Draganowski and he was super cool and super uh, knowledgeable on the body. And it kind of just stumbled from there and started just getting into, I don't know, the autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. So have you been vegan since then? Yeah, and that's, uh, fuck, I don't even know when that is. I think that's like 2016. Yeah. Right. And a lot of things changed, you know? It's just like, you know, I like didn't have like a like swollen, like a little like belly, you know what I mean? That Like that went mm-hmm. away. And just like I think my inflammation went down and my sugar cravings went down and my... You know, I just felt more clarity. And then, you know, I think I'd fight with my, like, my ex-girlfriend at the time. Or my girlfriend at the time. I'd fight with her about, she's like, you're not, you're not healthy. You're sick. You've lost muscle. And she would, like, cry. I'm like, I'm perfectly fine. I'm like, you know (laughs) what? Find a doctor and I'll go to it. And the guy was like, oh. He's like, you could eat, you, you should have a little more protein within your diet. But, like. Pretty much, you're, you know, you, you, you're scoring 100. You, like, I have nothing. You're a bore to me. I can't fix you. I, this is going <laughs> to fix. Just eat more vitamin B and, and more protein in your diet and you'll be good. So. Yeah, that's funny. It's, fun, it's funny what, like, other people's idea of you being healthy can be sometimes. Right. And so, so yeah, then I got my blood work done and that was, like, a huge, like, mo- uh, kind of milestone of, like, Okay, cool. Like I tell everyone now, I just told my cousin because she was thinking about going vegan. I was like, hey, just get your blood work done and just see what you need because it's not for Mm -hmm. everyone. And yeah, I don't, yeah, just like you'll, you'll have such a better understanding of where to navigate if you, you know, see your minerals and, you know, your vitamin deficiencies and just where to focus your, your, uh, your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I find a lot of people that are vegan do struggle with the protein piece. Is that something you were able to sort of figure out for yourself in like either? I think it's just, it's the way that we naturally are programmed to think meat, protein, you know, if I eat chicken, Mm -hmm. that's protein. So it's just kind of using that same thought process, but visualizing the vegetables that give you protein. So I'm like a big 
broccoli lover you know what i mean mm-hmm. and now i'm like getting really into broccoli sprouts um like to a point where yeah I don't is that know. Gonna be, that's gonna be your new nickname broccoli <laughs> sprouts yeah exactly <laughs> sprouts um but there's just so many like crazy benefits and i i wish i could i knew i wish i knew the woman's name but this woman she has just been doing a lot of research on it and there's so many health benefits for uh with broccoli sprouts well i noticed that you because i kind of like picked out some of the books that you had posted on instagram the last couple of years and i noticed that you posted uh like a medical medium anthony william book and he's obviously pretty big on fruits and vegetables and like the power of that i was wondering if like had you read much of his stuff and kind of followed what he was saying no i would just follow him on instagram you know i think yeah yeah because i i think I, i've read like meters for pussies and i read this guy uh fred bishi because i was going to juice press a lot at that time because mm-hmm. it was like in new york you're on the go you can't really cook at home when you want yeah. and so juice press was kind of like the mcdonald's of like being yeah. super healthy if you will so I, uh, I, there was a book there and I was like, oh, it's only 92 pages. I can get through that easy. And so yeah. I just bought it. And then he had like crazy, he just, his was like too crazy though. It was like this, you know, he wrote a book that was like, I guess, uh, uh he just said PhD on the cover. It was a super like shifty book. And just like, there was all <laughs> these like weird food groupings. He's always like, eat if you're gonna have soup eat soup before you eat vegetables 30 minutes a glass of water 30 minutes before it's just like so regimented and you have to be so disciplined that it's really hard to like fit that into like yeah like a a, a, like a on-the-go lifestyle yeah i couldn't i couldn't get down basically yeah, especially in New York, it's pretty tough to, like, have scientific eating like that. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you just have to, like, prep everything and cook. And that's just, like, it just doesn't work in, in that environment, unfortunately. The, hey, by the way, the woman's name is Dr. Uh, Rhonda Patrick. Okay, yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's the truth. <laughs> yeah, she seems really good. She's pretty into, like, uh, fasting and intermittent fasting as well, I think. She's just a smart lady. You know, she <laughs> seems so interesting. I, you know, I follow her on Instagram, but like, I think that was like the, like, I, I think from reading all these books, like I read, okay. So I read the, the, sorry, Fred Bishi's book. And then I read, um, Brendan Brazer. No, is that his name? He's Canadian. Uh, yeah. Canadian. No, yeah. Yeah. Read his book. And that was like really eye opening. And he was like all about like, basically like efficiency and like what to put in your body and get the maximum result. Mm-hmm. And and that was like really really interesting. Thrive is his whole like uh, I don't know selling name. Like how Ultra mm-hmm. is Rich Royce is like kind of tagline. Right. Thrive was his. But uh, yeah, I mean, read that book and that you know just, I, I just I I I wouldn't even say I was doing research. I was just so like in, interested in like kind of wanting to like fully be optimal with my body. And I don't think I ever reached it, but. <laughs> you know just learning just like like i said like chickpeas and eating broccoli and broccoli sprouts and eat, you know i just learning about food uh composition basically and like what it, what each thing can do for you yeah is, is like yeah tool basically and learning the like yeah the tools of what foods do yeah and it's pretty amazing once you start getting into it and just like become more aware you know the variety of these things that just grow out of the earth within reach of our hands 
and like the things that they do for us is it's pretty magical. Yeah. I mean, I would love to learn how to grow, you know, I'm probably like slowly inching my way towards yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's, it just, there's so much to learn and it's, it's almost so overwhelming. Like, yeah, I'd be interested to learn about food pairing and what, you know, things I, I, I think like, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty strict of eating fruits before or after, you know, one basically, or afternoon, mm-hmm. I won't eat any fruits just because of like, I think what it ferments in our stomachs and rots and gives us indigestion and inflammation and all that stuff. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, the, but then, then it's just, it gets really crazy because it's like juicing smoothie versus smoothies. You don't get the fiber, so it doesn't break the, like, you get all the sugar rush all at once, which overflows your system and. It gets, there's a lot, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot of different thought processes. Yeah. I, it is like, there is so much out there and the, like we were talking about before, how everyone's just so individual in what their body needs and how it produces stuff and like where their family heritage is from and what time of year it is. I find like all that stuff can play into how you're going to process like, you know, like a few years ago, I got pretty into drinking juice and juicing at home. And it was what I needed at just like cleansing, detoxing diet. But now I would have a hard time doing that, but I could eat, probably drink bone broth for a couple of days and be okay with that. Yeah. I've never done so, like a full fast. I did a cleanse and that felt like I just, I was traveling so much and I just, again, uh, Troy Casey was like <laughs> promoting this Purium, uh, oh, yeah. 10 day cleanse. And I was just like, I've never done one of these. I trust this guy's, uh, you know, whatever. I'm going to try this. And I was just traveling so much. I'm like, dude, I really need to like reset my stomach because I'm, I just feel like I'm in a kind of a weird mood, kind of depressed. And I want to like, you know, well, I think they say what 80% of our endorphins or serotonin, excuse me, is created in our stomach. So yes. I was just like, all right, uh, let me try this. Let's see what happens. And I think because I'm pretty active, it was definitely not enough food. Cause it, it was like basically going on a raw cleanse, but right. it was like a cup in the morning and a, and a cup of, at night. And like you drink these shakes and all I could think about is like what I'm going to eat after this, this thing's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But the funny thing is, is once I started opening that channel, I was just like, I was like this, this food, like once it was done and I went and like just, gluttoned out basically i i just remember eating the food and like this has no like life to it when i like eat it i'm like this is not like it doesn't even taste good i'm like because there was like the the thing was it was like three three shakes a day you know morning morning afternoon and uh dinner and then and then it was like you can eat as much celery and cucumber as you want so i was just like was walking (laughs) like during summer in New York during a heat wave. So I was dying just ch- like with a bag of celery, just like walking down the street and people and like, I bumped into people like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, it, it was a trip, you know, I, it's, I, I see, I can see the benefits of it though, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it takes like something more extreme like that to, to shift, your perspective, I think like both in like 
eating food that isn't alive and isn't, you know, full of life. Once you start getting used to eating that all the time, it's like not a very appealing to eat like a bag of chips or something like that anymore. Yeah. Even though maybe you used to love it. <laughs> no, I still I like there's habit chips here. I'm chomping on those. But the craziest <laughs> thing is your smell, how intense everything smells when yeah. you're on a fast. I don't know if you've come across that, but I just remember being like, I swear I could smell like people's BO, like standing like, you know, six feet away from me and be like, holy fuck. You know, it's just, it's so yeah. crazy. I mean, obviously it makes sense, you know, yeah. if you're hunting for food and you need those senses and just like, it just in, increases to a point where you're like, whoa, like walking by a movie theater, just <laughs> smelling like and all, just all this different smells. If you feel like a dog or something. Yeah, I think absolutely. Like, especially if you're like fasting or in uh, silence or darkness, like limiting those senses can certainly enhance yeah. what you can perceive. Like I, the last couple of summers I did this retreat where you fast all by like alone in the forest for Amazing. Uh, uh, five days and somebody will come check on you once a day. And by the sort of third, fourth, fifth day, I could smell the people coming to check on me coming from like a hundred feet away or something through the forest. Cause I was like, so hypersensitized. It's amazing. It's like <laughs> crazy. Cause you're just like, Whoa, that's like, that's how we are supposed to be. You know? Yeah, exactly. What was, what was that thing called? And how did you feel after the whole th- thing? Um, I've, you know, I felt, I felt pretty amazing. It was actually, it was, uh, the whole thing was seven days long and there, it was with ayahuasca as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was a pretty full on experience. And, you know, the first, the first time doing it, I hadn't fasted that long. And the whole time I was like thinking of everything I was going to eat the day I got out of there. And it was pretty, it was pretty hard for sure. And the second time I did it, it was a very different experience. Hopefully going to do it again this summer. It's, I'm kind of like wanting it to be my like summer pilgrimage to. No, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah. we should, you know, like after I did that, I'm like, fuck man, I need to do this every change of the seasons. And you know, yeah, it's, it's just in the modern world, it's really difficult to do stuff like that, even with being locked down. I mean, I, it's, it's harder when you have people around you, basically. I don't think it's hard actually to do it by yourself, but yeah, it is challenging though. And like, I agree. Like, uh, I think doing like a seasonal fast for a few days would, would benefit everyone. I mean, there's so much good science around it beyond just like the sort of ancient wisdom that supports that as well. But it's so easy not to, it's so easy not to meditate. It's so easy not to fast. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, um, I, I know with Iowa, I've never done ayahuasca. I've done DMT and, and Bufo, but, uh, with ayahuasca, I know you're supposed to like not eat really anything the day of, or the di- the night before. And there's certain foods you're not supposed to eat as well. Right. Yeah. So like with the group I've been working with, you basically like three weeks before you do it, you start taking stuff out of your diet. So you take out like red meat or alcohol, some of the like bigger red flags and it kind of weeds down to like no salt no cold drinks for like the last couple days no sex things like that so it's you're like kind of you're trying to like get your body to be like the cleanest vessel because if you go in like having eaten a bunch of pork and alcohol then the ayahuasca is going to be like cleansing those from your body rather than the like deeper emotional stuff i I think for sure yeah i remember our, our like I was with a friend or something and someone was telling us like, oh yeah, no sex, no drinking, no red meat. 
And someone's like, oh, Alex, you're good. You're ready to go right now. <laughs> what <are> you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, did you eat cacao by any chance? Um, not, I mean, I, I may have like leading up to it, but not like intentionally, not, not specifically. Yeah. They, they gave us cacao for the, the bufo because they're like, oh, okay. it's, it's grounding, you know? Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was a fun, it was, <laughs> it was a wild ride. Yeah. I didn't want to leave. Well, yeah. Like I, I saw a couple books again that you posted, like one was called trip and another one psychedelic medicine. So I wanted to ask you about that too. And that's cool that I've done uh, like the five MEO DMT one time, but I'd love to hear about your experience with it. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I think my whole thing was, was like psychedelics was I was like just trying to learn guitar and I was yeah. just like, I wonder if, Okay, so maybe back, uh, rewind back a little. So that trainer, that John Joseph, Aaron Draganowski, he was always mm-hmm. like, when we'd have sessions, he'd always be on like, oh, check out this thing or this and this. And there was a thing called the halo. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but basically the halo is like these beat by Dre headphones with these little spikes that like touched your head. And I guess... Basically, you would wear them when you practice and your cognitive retention would 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 go up more. So you would learn, you would have a deeper learn, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering like the scientific words of this. But uh, basically from that, I was like, oh, wow, amazing. Like it opens your your synapses and like you're, you, you, you're creating new neural pathways of, and muscle memory, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, ah, oh, it's $700. I don't know. I'm like, oh, I'm frugal. I'm not just going to spend money like that with, on some headphones that may work, may not. Like it could be snake oil. Yeah. So yeah. I think I got started like I watched Hamilton's uh, Pharmacopia. Yeah. The first episode I saw was the Bufo one. And the fucking the one guy smokes it and just is like squirming <laughs> like a yeah, like a frog on fire. Just like, ah! and you're like whoa, that looks really heavy. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. It's crazy. You, yeah, you're just like, oh my God, like this guy, it's an exorcist is, is coming out of him. Like it's insane. But then when you watch watch the full episode and Hamilton does it, he just sits there and goes, love, 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 love. And I'm like, wow, what a contrast of, of two different uh, experiences. So... I had like, I started then researching cause I'm like, Oh, I want to like my relationship with like doing psilocybin always was like negative kind of, I had done it with, with my first girlfriend at the time, you know, whatever. And she just like kind of forced it on me and I hated it and like mm. had a bad trip. And then when she went away, I was like, oh, I kind of like this actually. And <laughs> I think like I had like an epiphany of like looking at like a, <laughs> like an armoire that had like a wooden rose carved into it. And I was like, I get it. Jim Henson. I understand Jim Henson. Like, this is where it comes from. Like, this is how he got there. Anyway. So, so that being, that being said, like I n- never really messed with it again. Cause I was just like, it's too heavy. I don't want to like, and there was all these, you know, I think the media has done such a good job of scare stories of people yeah. that are possibly schizophrenic that do take these drugs and don't return but they probably already have an underlying some type of you know 
psychosomatic disorder. And so I was always afraid of it. And then I think I just with, with, with owning a company and the stress of it all and just being like, what in the fuck am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Is this what I want to be doing? Like, is it, I'm like, I've been doing this for, you know, I just kind of woke up like, this is, I'm in my fifth year of doing this. Like, there's not, there's no progression. What am I doing? Is this going to be another five years? Am I going to do another 20 years of this? No. And I'm just kind of started searching and, and I had read trip, which is a great book because it's all, it, his is all about like doing synthetic drugs and going into natural medicine and, and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, exploring all different types of drugs, but going from pills to plant medicine. And, uh, it's really positive. And then uh, he's, it just was interesting. Um, but reading those and being like, oh, kind of having a little more understanding of, of like what things do and why and, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I had a, a pretty strong, uh, practice in meditation already. And I had been doing like holotropic breathing and all this stuff. So when I did Bufo, I finally found someone's like, oh, I know someone's doing toad venom. I'm like, oh, really? Can I get the number? I want to try this. Cause I was just so at kind of my wits end looking for answers of like, what am I doing with my company? What am I doing? Like, where am I going with this? Mm-hmm. And so I got the number and then like, I, whatever, I sent a message to the person. They're like, I don't know who you're talking about, who you, who you got, how you got my number. Sorry. I had a family death. And I was like, Oh, that person's definitely bugging how I got their number. Like, do you have another mm-hmm. contact or who, who did you get that number from? So I can refer then to her and it was a a whole long like trial and error of trying to just get someone like the shaman or the host for the shaman right and so yeah you know come the day and did it you know and i just remember like (laughs) you know like you free base a pipe with with some gel in it or you're like what what is this (laughs) you know and it's just like cute like Oaxacan shaman girl we're like and she's just like really quiet and calm and uh yeah she, she had this like you know like this like um these like triangle like these native triangles on her shirt in different colors and I just remember like hit like she's like all right you're gonna I mean, you're gonna count to eight and you're just gonna inhale as long as you can and you're gonna feel pressure on your chest and then when you do, keep inhaling. And if you have too much, raise your hand. And so I did it. And, and I was cross-legged and she was on her knees lighting my freebase toad pipe. And <laughs> I, I like just was staring at her, her shirt. And then it just became like the, my depth of field like went crazy. Like just went so deep. Like her, the triangles went like I felt like the universe basically. And I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. And I just like closed my eyes and laid down and then just like, just felt like a molecule in basically in, in the middle of my chest. And it wasn't really that visual. And that, that's what I, that they told us that in the beginning. And it was just more mm-hmm. like empathy. Basically. I just felt like in a, enormous amount of empathy but at the same time i was really nervous because you're like oh this could go wrong like what would happen yeah 
so that that like little conscience in in the back of your mind and so i yeah so i was just in it and kind of it was really black and white and it was just like anytime i can kind of controlled something and hold on in fear like darkness would slowly start like coming over me and then mm-hmm. if i let go and you know had thoughts of love and empathy and and just kind of let go and breathe uh it became light and just i would stay in the light and it was pretty much you know they say like the medicine will tell you what you need to do mm-hmm. like two things happened one i was just like oh my god i've been in this this place this isn't anything new and ram das said he took i think his his like guru or whatever and they did acid and the guy's like this is nothing like i do meditation <laughs> every day this is that's like way heavier than this and i just remember being like oh wow that's what he was talking about with within meditation is like if you do it long enough and also it made my meditation so much greater after done mm-hmm. bufo and yeah i mean it was just like super black and white just control your breathing and kind of just have empathy. And like, I kind of had that Hamilton Morris thing where I just was like repeating love in my mind. And like, I just felt like everything, if you approach anything and everything with love and empathy, you kind of can fix all within, (laughs) within reason. So that was my biggest tech takeaway from it. I was just like, all right, cool. Like that's what I need to do. (laughs) Yeah. So how did, how did you like take that into the back to the like functioning world then? Like, were you able to apply that? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, and I asked the, the, um, the shaman and I was like, how, how often do you do this? Do you do this often? And she's like, Oh, I do it once a month. I was like, wow. You know? And, Mm and, uh, yeah, I think after that, I was like, Oh, I'm ready. I'm going to go do DMT. (laughs) Like, I want to see what that's like. Cause I like, after I like pop my cherry, basically I was just like, all right, if I don't know, like, I think acid's the craziest one, but I'm like, all right, cool. If I've done this, I definitely can roll with this because also when I was in the, like wherever I was, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Like I want to stay here for a little bit longer because it's, it's only 15 minutes. They say mm-hmm. 15 or less. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my integrating or, uh, yeah. How would I integrate it after I, I would, I would have these crazy, crazy like dreams where I would come back to the place of when I was in it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm here. I'm here again. Mm. My subconscious. And I'm like, fuck. Yes. I got back here to chill out. And then I'd wake up, you know, yeah. or I'd hear a sound. Oh, that's the other thing that was crazy is right after you suck in all the, the uh, smoke. Your your like your hearing changes, so it was just like it sounded like all like like glass breaking, kind of like <laughs> echoey. Okay. And I I remember I would like wake up hearing like I would hear that noise and wake up being like oh, I'm ba- I'm back in that place. Oh, it was a dream. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so like my dreams would come really like vivid. And I don't really have dream. I don't really like, I have, I think I, I'm a deep sleeper or I mm-hmm. sleep, I fall into a deep sleep. And so I don't remember my dreams. 
But uh, these would be like right around, right before you wake up, and like they would just be like the most like vivid thing, and like I'd be like, I would wake up like happy, you know. And so yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my yeah, experience. But then also like meditating, like I could just sit and just be complete. Like usually, I listen to audio, and then I was just like, I don't need to listen to audio anymore. Like I can just sit mm. and like stay and like do 30 minutes no problem you know what i mean if 30 minutes would feel yeah. like five minutes which you know from all the books i've read it's like that's like you're truly doing meditation if it goes by fast yeah for sure yeah my experience has definitely been like the the bufo and the ayahuasca has gotten more powerful as my meditation has gotten more powerful and my meditation has gotten more powerful as i've done those types of plant medicines or or like animal medicines, like they totally help one another. Yeah. And uh, I find as well, even like breath work, like um, I'm in a men's group and every, every session we start with doing Wim Hof, which, which is another one I saw that you posted. And I find when I get to the point where you're taking the big inhale at the very end of each round, like I almost can feel this kind of like, fragmented feeling in my, I don't know, it's like vision, but not really vision, which is exactly like what I've saw or felt in doing the five MEO DMT as well. So I think that, you know, those are, those are things that are always within us and within reach. Yeah. I think, and then like, I get, I get, so like the next weekend after I did five, five O or Bufo, I was like, I knew some friends that had DMT. I'm like, dude, I would love to try it. Like, I'm not afraid. And I was just like, ah, oh, maybe I should like wait. Maybe it's like frying my brain if I do like back to back weekends, but I'm like, whatever, <laughs> you know? And then I did that and I was like, you know, that was way more. I had, I, when I did it, I was just like, this is lame. This is me just trying to get high. Or like, I was like, it was, it wasn't like, right. there wasn't anything spiritual. So I wasn't that into it yet. When I did do it, I was listening to the song, Good Thoughts, Bad Thoughts by Funkadelic which I had just found the song that week after Bufo. And it's all about like reaping what you sow, your thoughts are, are, you know, energy and basically the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And we're, our friend had a hi-fi audio system. And basically I remember doing it and just seeing all these geometric patterns like you hear, or I mean, what, what people tell you. And I just remember doing it and be like, oh my God, no, I because I hadn't done ayahuasca, but mm-hmm. I was just like, obviously, this is where they're getting their architecture from. This is where they're getting like <laughs> X, Y, and Z. It's just like made sense, and like the music was really clear. And I was just like, oh, obviously, this is why fucking Grateful Dead people love Grateful Dead is because like the clarity of music. I could hear every note, and like, I mean, there was a <laughs> visual aspect, but like, it, it was just like these geometric patterns, and I don't know what the uh, the like the Mayan line where it goes up and down, up and down around, like usually like the top of, uh, their pyramids. But right. I was just like, that's it, 100% comes from like ayahuasca. Like there's no doubt in my mind. And then that l- led to me like looking at a map and being like, all right, every religion I know has a form of psychedelic within their, <clears throat> their culture. So I started like looking, I'm like, okay, so like, you know, like the Americans basically have peyote 
and and South America is ayahuasca. And then, you know, I think like up north, the Vikings probably had uh, the mushroom with the red dots, Anamina muscala, mm. I think. Like that, that was the northern. And then like mushrooms, I don't know where mushrooms, you know, like probably obviously they grow in forests. So anywhere there's for it, like the Germanic, Germanics or whatever. I know Greeks drank wine that would was psychedelic, basically, the fermentation. It was different from what the wine that we know of today is. Yeah, they had one that was like, a, it was like a mold. I can't remember the name of it either right now. And they had made it into a wine and they could only drink it like once. There was like one night a year that they could drink it and the whole like town would drink it. Right. And, and then it was like forbidden to drink it otherwise. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. I know it became really illegal. And maybe I think like maybe the like the philosophers were like sipping on it a lot. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. There's like I think there's proof of people like Socrates, like drinking it and talking about it and like helping him with some of his breakthroughs and stuff. Right. Exactly. And so then like when you start realizing that and then you start looking at these these paintings of like biblical times and like you're you know and then you if so they say you know dmt is when we're born or when we're about to die we see it or have the dmt released in our Mm -hmm. bodies and you think about like well that would make sense if you saw angels come from the sky and the devil like that's the only way you could fathom that stuff and then there's no way to make like science of it at that point so a lot of that stuff's really interesting or Santa Claus, the story of Santa Claus is amazing with the um, Siberians. I think, you know, they would eat the Anamita mascalas. And I, I forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, by the way, but the, the Mario brother mushroom, basically. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the story? No, I don't know. Oh, so basically, so they would have yurts. It would snow. So the only way to go through them is the chimney they would find these mushrooms and they would drop them as gifts to their neighbors. Reindeers really like them and when, and they would eat them and then they would jump really high. So therefore there comes the, 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 the flying <laughs> of the reindeer, uh, climbing through to get into your house in and out. You'd climb through the chimney. That's where Santa Claus comes from. Uh, you know, there was Santa was, was uh, he was illustrated as a, a gnome, like an elf, and mm-hmm. then like I think through storytelling and all that, I think maybe it got to Finland, and then they kind of made him full size, and then Coca Cola in the thirties made Santa Claus the white the, from what Santa Claus of who we know today with the big red coat and big white beard, and they made him. That's so funny, and so. Yeah, and so like from all that, it's, it comes from mushrooms, actually. Or if, yeah, or that's if, wild. Yeah, I mean, you could you could yeah. make this, and then I know I'm always butcher a story, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much basically it comes from of the form of mushrooms, though. And so it's pretty interesting to like read and learn all about that stuff because then you're like, wow, <laughs> these are these are the tools, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's really interesting once you start seeing like connecting the dots with different cultures and like at times when they've had like large evolutions in either architecture or creativity or, or collaboration and things, it's often linked with, with some sort of 
plant expanding their consciousness and the creativity. Yeah. I, you know, the funny thing is I was like looking at a map. I'm like, what is India? What does India take? You know what I mean? And I talked to this woman that was a, another type of shaman lady or that would host those things. And she was like, I think ganja is like their, their like main source of, of hallucinating, you know? And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I can't argue that. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, it grows in like hot weather. So that would make, there's no way there's mushrooms growing out there. So I mean, maybe yeah. that's not true, but you know. I, I think that is true. Um, there's a series on Gaia TV called Psychedelia and there's like 20 episodes about all the different plants and their origins. And I remember in, for like marijuana, um, it was like grown a lot in India and in those places and imported, like it kind of came from there to other parts of the world. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, you know, I think when like weed got legal, like it was so strong and there were so many like strand, like crazy strands. I'm like, dude, I want to like, what is the original or, uh, origin? I want to try that because I'm sure that's not like, <laughs> you know, put you on your ass, like call the cops or call an ambulance. I want to, I want to go home. Yeah. Like what's the original strand? Like, could we, could we like get back to that? You know? And like, I wonder how strong, like how mellow that it is versus like what we smoke today or what people smoke today. But yeah, especially out of like vaporizers and all that, like processing of that. Yeah. And you know, from that trip book, he talked about, I think ingesting it and how much better it is. And I think I was just like, ah, oh, smoking it. Like you're, you're like scarring your lungs because it burns at a mm-hmm. higher Fahrenheit than smoke and whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you got to ingest it. And then I'm like ingesting it's so cr- crazy. And so I think I started experimenting with like just doing like one, a one-to-one ratio of like CBD, THC, and just putting like a couple of drops a day. And like, wow, like, creatively like it just makes you like if you just do the right amount it's amazing it's so such a powerful tool but it's just you have to you have to know your own body and you have to be really like yeah you just gotta like inch your way into it yeah well i guess one of the fortunate things now with that is that you can be precise with dosages yeah so i mean i i find it to be amazing i don't do it that often but like if you know and then i think like mixing it with like coffee or something is like (laughs) like i call it like or like, I think I was doing it with a uh, matcha and I was calling it a green yang. And oh, yeah. yeah, I was just like, <laughs> you get the yin yang, you get the, like the, the mellow yeah. and the, the high, the opposites. <laughs> so I was like, cool. Yeah. This is like, this is the, the shit basically. Yeah. How do you, how do you find, like, where do you find it like most beneficial to do something like that with, with uh THC? Is it like if you're playing guitar or something like that, or would you do it and go skate? I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of like, as I was growing up skating and going on different trips with different team members and different skaters, there was this, always this common, uh, thread that guys would do mushrooms and they'd always be like, dude, when I did it, I could not fall. I could just, everything was like connected. And so I was like, wow, that's so like amazing. And so I think and I'm kind of circling back, but like, I think I got the idea. I'm like, well, what if you did that with trying to learn music? Would you learn, would you have a faster learning rate if you microdosed it? Mm-hmm. You know, would you understand? And so I think I started just trying to experiment just to, as a way of like 
in a scientific way, just mean like, I wonder if I will, you know, if my music musicianship would grow faster, but you know, you just got to practice. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you got to pick up the instrument no matter what. Right. But I was just like, well, I was wondering if, yeah, I don't know. But I remember one time I was like playing. I'm like, wow, this sounds so good. <laughs> like I was just like, this is so, this is so like easy. Well, I do, I do feel like it does open up some creative pathways or maybe it like shuts down the defensive pathways or defensive functions in the mind. So it makes sense that it yeah, works. I, I think that's why everyone has such a like, I, what happens is I, I, your whatever ego receptor it is, I, I, I saw that I don't like, I saw Michael Pollan talk about this, but basically he says is your ego is like kind of keeps you safe, right? Keeps us safe. Mm-hmm. basically when you take that it, it turns that receptor down which then makes your brain able to talk to each other different parts mm-hmm. of your brain to is more open to talk to each other and that's why everyone has such a, like this uh compassion you know or the, you know such a yeah i don't know just like um empathy and compassion and all these different feelings that they normally wouldn't have because usually their ego is like you know, I don't know, like a typical guy thing is like, don't cry. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's your ego, obviously. But like if you did mushrooms or any psychedelic, that receptor is turned down. So therefore it's allowed to cry. You're allowed to cry or like feel something and express yourself freely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, the funny thing is it's like the thing that our ego is suppressing is, is like the love that's all around us and that's within us. And by using those medicines, you can sort of tap into that and feel it. But in reality, it's always there. It's just, you know, our subconscious has taught us that it's not necessarily safe to love ourselves or other people. Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe it's just a Western philosophy of, of like what a man is supposed to be. And like the 1950s, like paradigm of what that's supposed to be. And I don't know. It, it's it's pretty dumb if when you think about like all that stuff yeah. suppressing it, but you know it's there for some reason. On on that sort of topic of like masculinity and the idea of a man in our like modern world, the first book that I sort of read myself when I dove into this is called No More Mister Nice Guy, and it's very much about that. Is that an area that you've explored yourself? Like trying to be nice. <laughs> well, not necessarily trying to be nice, but like trying to like find more of a a balance between the masculine and feminine and like a a healthy masculinity i guess yeah i mean yeah i mean i just think i think it's happening without us even knowing you know the younger generations just seem like you know they're just they're way more open being like you know hugging or like i've seen like mm-hmm. my friend younger friends like make out with each other i'm like all right well, that's definitely not going down with me and my fucking pure peers but like <laughs> I, I respect that i actually you know like i wish i could do that like i wish i was that open right you know what yeah. I mean? so like uh i try to like you know try to do that but you know it, that's uh it's a little harder i guess coming from yeah. yeah i you know i try to do it in some capacity but you know it, it just it goes in waves like anything so mm-hmm. sometimes like it's really good and i think i've started getting more into like the law of attraction and like listening to a lot of joe dispenza and abraham hicks and just kind of think you know like your 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 thoughts are actually energy 
you know, they're, they're, your brain actually has to create um, electricity to create that thought. So it is a physical form. And so just uh, trying to like learn how to like not have negative thoughts of, of oneself and yeah, be more accepting and just understanding and kind of letting go of, of things that you can't control or thinking positive and thinking like things are going to happen. I mean, I yeah, definitely yeah. try to try to like force some stuff to where I'm like, ah, oh, I like this girl. I think she likes me too. For sure. It's going <laughs> to, yeah. you know, but like, and it didn't. And I was like, fuck it. It doesn't work. It's going to, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> like so stuff funny. like that. We're like, oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Joe Dispenza is like, he's been pretty eye opening for me. Um, I think like his work is really amazing combining that sort of deep meditation with that sort of changing your beliefs and thoughts and sort of using the neuroscience to back it up and support it. And yeah, I was curious cause I saw you'd posted one of his books on your Instagram too. Like have you, um, have you read other ones and like, have you tried his meditations and things like that? I tried one of his meditations after I did the book. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. I want to do this. But like, you know, his, it, like he had some kind of, kind of had like a crazy, I was like on a road trip, like a solo road trip. And while I was like listening to the book on audio, mm-hmm. I just was like, fuck, I want to do this. But like, I don't have, I'm like not in the place to like be regimented right at this moment. And I was like, when I get back, I'm going to, do the like course because i think it's like 50 bucks to do it or i don't know how much it is but i was like all right cool like but it it just like that book opened a lot of like things that maybe were were maybe like i knew vaguely knew about and it just Mm -hmm. kind of solidified them Mm -hmm. so like just like you know the, the the whole thing of like he has a whole breakdown of your like thoughts become matter your matter becomes you know, personality trait. I can't remember the, the, the sequence that it's in, but you know, it's just, <clears throat> it was just really eye opening. And like the quant- quantum physics made so much sense because I yeah. knew the word, but I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know, you know, I had no idea of, of what it, it, what the quantum field was, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and after like listening to that book, I was like, Oh, okay. Completely like, I have such a better understanding of that. You know what I mean? And and also I was like curious about stuff like that. I just didn't know the correct name or, you know, he just, you know, put a lot of things in place for me listening to that book. And I would love to do his, his, his course. I just haven't, you know, but I think it, it changed. It, it, it brought a new style of meditation that I wasn't aware of, you know, mm-hmm. And it made my meditation practice that much stronger because it was like, okay, I'm going to focus on something that I want or, you know, and just kind of keep going at it. And Abraham Hicks, I think is maybe explains it a little more in bite sizes, you know, just a little Mm -hmm. easier to understand. And there's a little humor involved, which is nice, or just Mm -hmm. a little softer, I guess, because there's a a woman's touch to it. So that that's been a big, big one for me as well. Yeah. I haven't really looked into a lot of, of his work, but it's pretty interesting how that like gets channeled and, and it sounds really cool from, from what I have done. But yeah, I think that the Joe Dispenza stuff with the quantum field, it's, 
it's pretty impactful even if you don't do the med- meditations just like you were saying like it opens your eyes to the how the beliefs become our thoughts become our words become like our reality yeah and, i can't ever remember any of that stuff but yeah like yeah that just made so it just you know resonated so so much with me i was like wow okay i need to like really we re- we really need to start practicing that you know i think yeah with abraham hicks you know they all had their kind of their taglines like we mm-hmm. were saying earlier it's hers is like momentum or like you know you need to fall into the momentum of thinking good thoughts and good things will happen and the law of attraction and getting that momentum to move forward and you know have a she just yeah i don't know you got to check her out yeah yeah i will for sure you know i i think i think also i tell a girl like any any time like a woman asks me about meditation i'm like oh you should listen to abraham hicks you know there was a point where i would do like i'd have my like um regiment and like i would meditate and then i would finish my meditation with like a, a, a like a small lecture or talk what have you mm-hmm. with her and uh, you know like that would set the pace of the day and that was really good and i would i would listen to her at night and i don't know why i stopped i just fell out of you know yeah life happened life exactly <laughs> yeah I, I was i was doing like a the sam harris meditation app and he's got a bunch of like theory talks kind of as well and i would do the meditation and then listen to it after and i found it was like such a it's like such a great way to like prime yourself for receiving like new information yeah yeah for sure i mean yeah yeah, i mean i I haven't explored him so much Mm. i know some other people recommended him and i tried his app and i was just like this sounds like like i was doing it i'm like this is like headspace and i just wasn't like yeah. I guess I wasn't open-minded. I, I was just like, oh, this is seemed, I, you know, I judged it, basically. So I need to give it another chance. But, I mean, he, you know, he's a smart guy. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. It's, like, kind of a little bit more intellectual right. approach to mindfulness, I think. Right. And, but it's funny because, like, I you know, read Joe Dispenza's book and was like, oh, I got to do this meditation, downloaded it, did it, like, three times, and then didn't do it again for a year and a half. And now I'm doing it regularly i I didn't like his style you know like i didn't like how it was like and you're you're in space you know what i mean like you know the funny thing is is like after listening to it i'm like oh i know what he's doing he's 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 keeping your attention on each little detail and so by the time 20 minutes is up you're so like you're so uh focused that you're not gonna get distracted I mean, that's what it yeah. seemed like to me. I can't say that yeah. I know what he's doing. Yeah, he, he kind of like gets you out of your mind, I think. It's like into this sort of like space feeling your body. And then it was just like so hard to like, it was a little too vague, you know? Yeah. But I was doing it and I was like, all right, cool. And I, I, I had like an amazing, like I did it maybe the first time or second time. I think it was the first time. And I'm like, wow, that was so f- powerful. And it always mm-hmm. sucks because there's like times like Wim Hof or you know, these times where you're like, wow, that was so amazing. And then you go back the next day and it just isn't there. Yeah. You know, it's like, fucking, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where you're like, what's the movie where they like, the the line, the witch in the wardrobe. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Where like they go back and they're like, wait, there's, there's, it's not there. But, uh, Yeah. yeah, it just, yeah. Some days you just have like these, like, insane 
insane like sessions or where you're like whoa like you feel transformed basically like i can't wait i can't wait to do it again and then you get you want to get high basically and you just don't get it (laughs) it sucks yeah but you must like experience that with something like skateboarding too right like there must be a day where you're just like in flow state and then the next day you just like keep falling down oh a hundred percent a hundred like that's that's all it is basically so like I was surfing by myself one fall morning in New York. And I just remember like riding the, and I, yeah, I just, I was like riding this wave and I, and after I got done, I was like, Oh my God, that's what everyone fucking talks about in all these books is, <laughs> is being in the moment and being like, I was like, I wasn't thinking of anything else. I was riding this wave for X amount of seconds I'm like, I was not focused on anything else but experiencing that. I'm like, that is the true essence of what they all talk about in meditation. I'm like, that's what, you know, when they talk about running or skateboarding or whatever, you you know, being in that, 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 that state of, 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 um, in the moment. And yeah, I mean, I was just like, okay, I get it. I know how to like, I know how to try to get to that place. And, yeah, yeah. It's not that easy, but with practice you can yeah exactly it's not that easy and you can like use the tools to get us ready for it as much as possible but then there's like a point of surrender but i mean surfing is like such a magical one for it to me and i'm not good at surfing at all but just the idea that you like for a moment you're in harmony with this wave that's going across the ocean that's created by the sun and the moon rotating around the earth and like all of the factors that put you there right in that moment to sort of be at one with everything is just like so amazing. Right. There was a, I was reading uh, an Osho book and he talks about not getting good at something or just staying at like a certain level. Cause then you'll always appreciate it when you do it. Cause you'll always be surprised when you're doing it. And I'm like, wow, that's really interesting, but there's no fucking way I'm not, I want to get good at surfing. So like, <laughs> I know that that won't be, uh, I won't apply that theory to that for me but like there was it's really interesting to have that thought of like just staying at like a a a beginner and just only going into it as a beginner and always being like surprised and and having fun and just living being in that moment and so (laughs) it's pretty interesting that like applying that type of theory to that yeah i think that's important to like have that beginner's mind maybe you do get good at something and enjoy being good at it but then to try other new things like for me playing music is like terrifying but i also want to do it (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that's the perfect one though it's just like playing being in sync with everyone else like playing with other people being in harmony and playing in time is just like you're in that moment you're like listening to your the drummer or the bassist and like you're you know you're both keeping time and you're in this kind of suspended moment until it stops. And then you do it, try to do it again, or, you know, and then obviously you get better and better and better. And then that, obviously that wears off. And then you're probably like, you know, but depending on how many years you do it, but you know, it's all being, it, yeah, again, it's the same thing being in the moment at that very second. Cause you're not thinking of like, Oh shit, I need to get my dog food. At Petco, <laughs> like, I need, yeah. like, you know, so like, yeah, it's just like one of those things. And maybe it's, it could be obvious to a lot of people, but like, it never dawned on me that it was just like, oh, being in the moment is like, 
I, I you know, but with with like technology and everything, we're so taken out of the moment yeah. nowadays. So it's like it's much harder. Yeah, it's really hard. But I think that's where like the discipline of coming back to meditating or going back to skateboarding, even if you had a bad day or whatever it is that you're doing and developing that can give us the discipline to sort of stay present as much as possible and enjoy those moments. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, in terms, I'm in terms of like growing up and skateboarding and the community you're around from an outside perspective, it seems like you've, been pretty curious and into a lot of like alternative things outside of what the typical, you know, skateboarder is going to be into. And, you know, the funny part of that is we're all human with all sorts of different interests, but has that ever been like a, a challenge for you to like follow your nose with these things? Or have you always kind of had the confidence to go learn about sort of alternative ideas and explore this stuff? I, I just, you know, I, all, all it is just being curious and then trying to like, I think it's, it's just being curious and then being like, Oh, I like this. I want to share this because I like this and I want people to get the same kind of emotion that I feel mm-hmm. uh, subconsciously. Uh, so I, I, you know, I guess I've always, I, I have a pretty active mind in general. Mm-hmm. I'm always like thinking of, I don't know, design in some capacity or another. And, uh, if it's surfboards, you know, like it's all about like looking at like mother nature's designs and like looking at, like, I just discovered recently, like I was looking outside this window and I just realized a palm tree. The reason why like the cross hatches are is it strengthens it. And well, I mean, that's what it seemed like. And someone Mm -hmm. from Instagram was like, Oh, that's right. You, You know, like, but not, he said it in more of a technical term, but like, just being, you know, just being curious of just the world, you know what I mean? And then being, I guess, more spiritual now, it's like now looking at plants and like Mm. kind of being like, well, why does this exist? You know, like this, this isn't here just arbitrarily, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nothing that mother earth is kind of put here just because, you know what I mean? And so like getting more curious about like each, I mean, I guess botany in a way, and mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I'm just going off on a tangent. Sorry, but yeah, that's okay. Just being, yeah, being curious about things, you know, just like, and then just trying to share them, I guess, in some way, either it's music or fashion or whatever, you know. I mean, I guess now fashion seems so like boring to me because, like, maybe it's just it's so common now, I guess, and and maybe it was common for someone else, but like, it just doesn't seem that interesting anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel similarly. It's funny. Like I just, I'm so much more like overwhelmed with the magic of, of plants and like the, the design that mother nature is offering. And, you know, it's things I took for granted before that have always been there, but you know, just the idea, even that like a plant or a tree is not going to grow taller than its roots can support, you know, there's like wisdom in that, but with our technology, we're like, growing before we have any roots and falling over all the time so it's like trying to get back to a little bit of that right exactly yeah so it just depends i don't know it just there's so much more to learn i guess and (laughs) it's more and more interesting i guess than i don't know a fall collection of something (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
so are you still doing the brands that you started right as of now? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, with COVID and everything, let's see, I don't know what, it, you know, no one knows what's going <laughs> to happen really, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, still, still kicking, you know, but it, yeah. it, it, it gets hard, you know, because mm, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound like egotistical, but, uh, I feel like when I started, it wasn't, it's not nearly what it is now. And like, mm-hmm. I, I maybe, I think I just got lucky at just being like at right place at the right time. But when I did it, I was like, oh, there's not like people aren't doing this in this little kind of subculture way. Mm-hmm. And now it just kind of seems so over homogenized and everyone has a brand and everyone has a t-shirt and everyone's, you know, doing collaborations. And, you know, I don't know if it's just our age where you're just like kind of yeah. blown out of it, but I don't know. There's a lot there. Was, I mean, like, granted, I would take logos and flip them. But then when you get ripped off, when you're a small brand, <laughs> you know, like H&M would rip us off or yeah. or so many brands. And you're just like, well, fuck, man. Like, I'm not making that like money to like make the brand grow or like be able to do like cooler and better and bigger things. And like, it just becomes it's a fucking grind pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, to me, it seems like it's a forever grind. You know what I mean? It's not like a smart business. If you're going, yeah. going in it for the money, you're going to be disappointed <laughs> unless you have yeah. one. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like if you're going to have a brand, it's got to be something you love doing. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I, I do, but it's a, the, you know, I think it just is that to a point now where you're just like, I, I'm no different yeah. from anything else. Why would you, you know? Mm hmm. I don't know. It just, it's a weird, it's a weird time for all that stuff. It's interesting at, at the same time. Super interesting, actually, like going to fashion week in Paris, men's fashion week in Paris. And it was just like super urban. And it was like, wow, they've, you know, like these big brands can't control like how they want to be perceived anymore. Like they've been completely yeah. taken over and like, it's a kind of amazing because it's like a whole new system you know, that's becoming or growing in place. You know what I mean? It was Virgil and all that. It was like, mm-hmm. it was really cool to see actually like being in, in Paris and just being like, it's a completely different industry. And like these like kind of chic people got kind of pushed out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the old guard is kind of hanging on for your dear life and things are just evolving so fast now. Yeah, exactly. So it was, yeah, like I said, it was really eye opening and like kind of in a weird way, like amazing just to be like, all right, cool. This is, this is that, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe it's not my thing, but like, regardless, it it was really cool. Yeah. And like you said, I think like with COVID going on and that's going to be such a big like shakeup as well, going forward, a lot of brands closing and just being forced to like, get honest with yourself about what you're doing and, and at least hopefully doing that, asking yourself why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wish more people would, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard. Like I said, it's not, it's a grind. And, you know, sometimes you see these companies, you're like, I don't even, how is this company at this, like, what, what is this company? How is this even big? <laughs> I've never heard yeah. of this. I've been doing this for X amount of time. I would consider that people know my brand. How are they at this level? Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's really just like I realized when it also when I was in Paris, I'm like, this is a fucking social game, and I am not <laughs> social. Like, yeah, in that aspect, you know, it's just like I don't drink. I'm not like the biggest partier. 
like I like I like doing my drugs by myself. No, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. but like really I'm just like this isn't this is I'm not this isn't my this doesn't complement my personality. Yeah. No, I definitely relate to that. I'm definitely much happier at home with one friend or by myself. So the the social like schmoozing and, you know, ladder climbing that it takes to be successful, like, you know, that's seems if not more important than actually being creative, unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean that's to be said for a lot of I mean that's in Hollywood, that's in photography, that's in everything. That's you know, it's like who do you want to like do you want the guy that's really good or do you want the guy that's like fun and sociable to hang out with? Like I'll pick the guy that's fun and like who cares if the photos are bad? Like I'd rather have a good time. And if we're having a good time, the photos are gonna feel good or whatever. Or movie or (laughs) acting or whatever. Uh so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's 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 a it's a strange place to operate in. Yeah. So what's what's uh, been exciting for you now? You mentioned surfing a little bit. Anything else like on the horizon that you're excited to? You know, or not new? I guess it's just like it's like one of those things where I guess it's so closely related physically mm-hmm. by skateboarding, which they're so not. But like, it, it, it's very similar where it makes me. F- I guess it gives me that same feeling of like trying to learn something challenging physically, mm-hmm. but brings me back to like, I guess when I was 15 or something, trying to learn how to do certain things and, and like, I don't know, just like learning how to surf, I guess, you know, it's, it's really, no, it's really frustrating too, because you have this expectation of yourself and you're like, I should, <laughs> I should be this good, you know? Yeah. And so obviously a whole different set of, uh, muscle groupings and but like you said it's just like this like thing where you're like riding energy basically you know you're riding energy of water that's moving so it, like, mm-hmm. it, it completely is like so different feeling from uh i don't know i think it's like the the, the closest thing to flying like <laughs> like peter pan or something like if if you know you're glad you're surfacing on the water so like yeah, I don't know. Just it's it's really fun, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 that high, I guess. You know, and then you're just searching for that high, like a junkie for anything. Yeah, for sure. That and just making music. I mean, that gets a little more frustrating because you're just like, it, there's no visual aspect to it. So it's just like, yeah. I mean, there is obviously, but it's just it's a little different. But uh, yeah, just learning, trying to learn like production and just like I don't know, learning. Yeah, like the audio spectrum and where things like frequencies sit and understanding cutting frequencies and learning how to like make things sound better and getting better at your instrument and then not practicing and getting frustrated with that. And just like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably why I haven't really dived into playing music. Oh, no. I mean, nowadays it's so, so much easier to get involved, you know, like, yeah. You don't need to learn how to play a whole song. You just need to learn how to play four bars or eight bars and you can like inch a song along and make a song. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that would frown upon at that, but like, that's just the way it, it works nowadays, you know? Yeah. Actually, my, my girlfriend got me uh, this instrument for my birthday a couple of weeks ago. It's called the Sansula. And Ooh, why do I know that? What is it? I've heard, I've heard some people call it a thumb guitar. 
and it it almost looks like it's almost looks like it's like cut out of a guitar and then there's like these little metal sort of keys on it so That's it's cool. been like the perfect little starter kit for me because it 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 sounds like nice almost no matter what you do oh i mean if you get into that world of like eastern string instruments there's so many cool instruments you know i, I there's like one called like a, a mono something that has 15 strings and it's all tuned to the the same same just in two different octaves so it has this crazy harmonics basically when you when you um hit it with a mallet and then you get, I guess you buy a couple of them. And so you buy it within a, a scale or, or a chord. And then you can just make these, like, I think Laraji actually plays on one. I can't remember the name, but, or like an Indian banjo, which is like yeah. a Kuta, a Japanese version. Uh, there's just so many like cool instruments that are just not the, the general guitar and bass and drums. Like, yeah, there's a lot to explore. But I'm just saying, like, you don't have to, like, you, yeah, like, a drum circle is the perfect place for someone to start that's, like, intimidated because there's really, like, you can yeah. fuck up and, like, it's not going to sound bad. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'll be. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, and then you just, like, expand on that. It's it's all about, yeah. like, the, you know, uh, learning, being interested in what you're learning, you know? Like, we were just, mm-hmm. I was just talking to my uncle today about our nep my nephew who's like going to be a a, pale- a paleontologist and i guess he he's he just discovered fuck what it uh like a, a crustacean that it, no one else has discovered and uh. he gets to name it but he was explaining that he's just like when he went to school he wasn't interested in these textbooks that the school was teaching and he wasn't there he wasn't uh there wasn't any comprehension so they went out and bought him a dinosaur book when he was young a dictionary and like he remembered the whole fucking thing so it was just like it's just all about you know learning about what you're interested in and like you'll retain yeah. it so sorry for the long-winded answers <laughs> no that's perfect but uh yeah that that's that's probably gonna wrap it up for today so thanks again for the time and it was great to to connect and catch up on this stuff. For sure, yeah. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Whether you listen to it on Spotify, Apple, or through our website, it would be great to hear your feedback and thoughts. If you're able to leave a review, it'll really help us share the message and share the podcast with more people. Thank you.